station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick, joined as always by my co-host, movie, let's say, Captain? <laughs> Melissa Kersher. Hello! And my co-host, Jenny Young, who's not here. Um, so, uh, my, my statement about joined as always is becoming less and less accurate uh, as, as the podcast progresses. And it's not even accurate for you, Melissa, because you weren't on the first episode. I know, I know. Um, but I... Yeah. As always, I'm joined by somebody. Right. So right. I think that's as far as we're going to go. Jenna's not here, but the good news is the movie we were watching, I have not seen. Yay! You're the newbie, Tim. I can be the stunt <laughs> Jenna for the evening. Yay! So, Tim, what do you know about tonight's movie, <laughs> well, Fitzcarraldo? I, I know the movie is called Fitzcarraldo. I know it is directed by Werner Herzog. I know mm-hmm. it stars Klaus Kinski. I know it is about a uh, gentleman who decides that he wants his boat in a different river. Uh, and needs to get the boat moved across a mountain. Mm-hmm. And so he elects to move the boat across the mountain. And I imagine, uh, given it's Herzog, that nature plays a role <laughs> in the proceedings. <laughs> um, yes, indeed. There's there, there, of course, is more to it than just the boat. But it's... Uh, oh, certainly. It, it's a... Uh, a movie that was made in 1982, uh, or thereabouts. I was going to say, I know it's late 70s, early 80s. <laughs> yes, it, it started in the late 70s, wound up coming out in the early 80s, because it was a very famously troubled production. Sure, yeah, I was going to also and, say that legendarily, that, that this kind of film, I believe, is in the same realm as like Apocalypse Now, in terms yeah. of the story of the making of the film is almost as legendary, or even perhaps more legendary than the film itself. And indeed, it is. This mm-hmm. and and like Apocalypse Now, this film, the the making of this film is the subject of another movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, and and then, and we'll get into that, you know, later on after we watch sure. this movie. But yes, uh, definitely, it does star uh, notorious madman Klaus Kinski, who uh, is is a fine actor and a horrendous human being, um, and directed by Werner Herzog, and uh, also starring in this movie, or at least uh, appearing briefly in this movie, is Claudia Cardinale, who uh, the the fame very famous uh, Italian bombshell. Mm. Uh, actress of the 60s and 70s and who is actually continuing to work today. But she's yeah, in she was in uh, um, Once least, Upon a Time in the West. I was gonna, yeah, she was in one of uh, one of uh, the fine films by our good friend whose name is now just left from um, Sergio, Sergio Leone. Leone. Sergio Leone. And, and of course she was also in uh, Fellini's Eight and a Half and a bunch of others, you know stuff like that you know yeah. mostly best known in italy but uh she's recognizable in many many you know american films and you know things that we are familiar with right so that's something to watch for but mostly this movie is about the experience of making the movie it is the um it, it is the sort of film that is filmed on location and like really filmed on location as in very aggressively filmed on location. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and yeah. yeah, you know, Herzog, and I'll probably get into this more afterwards too, yeah. Herzog is one of those odd blind spots for me in that, you know, I just have never gotten around to seeing most of his films. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always those, you know, oh, well, I, want, I would like to watch more Werner Herzog films. And then you just, you don't, you watch other things. You go, oh, I think I'll watch uh, Winter Soldier one more time tonight or something, <laughs> you know. And, and, you know, we all make those choices and we have to live with them. We well, have yeah. to live with them, but uh, but so I'm I'm glad that we are doing a minor trek through uh, Werner Herzog for real education right now. Right. Fills in a few gaps for me, which is a good thing since Jenna uh, is currently rehearsing a show. Yeah. And so that's why she's not able to be here tonight. In case you're like, what's up with that Jenna? She is so lazy that she won't sit and watch a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The she's... answer is, in fact, she's not lazy. She is making art. She has stuff to do. Yes. But Melissa and I don't. <laughs> well, uh, no, we do. We have to watch we Fitzcarraldo. Do. We and have to watch Fitzcarraldo. And in a way, this is a first for me because the only time I've ever seen Fitzcarraldo is off of the VHS copy at Venue Universe, which comes in a giant clamshell container. Oh, wow. Which means this VHS tape probably dates to 1983. So this <laughs> so, might be a, a, it might be your first time watching Fitzcarraldo without all sorts of rewind scratches yeah. on it. Yeah. And it's on Blu-ray, so it's going to be just glorious. I'm looking forward to this. So, okay. We're going to go watch Fitzcarraldo on Blu-ray, and uh, you can enjoy whatever musical accompaniment I place after <laughs> we finish talking. We'll see you in a little bit. Bye-bye. <laughs> Many natives have said things that nobody understood. Mm-hmm. Many we had a lot of bugs in this one too. The last one had a lot of bugs. That seems to be a Herzog thing. There are lots of bugs. <laughs> lots of bugs. Um, many, may, well, really, just one steam shift has gotten ship has gotten pounded around on the rapids, and um, in the end, uh, not a lot was accomplished, or Absolutely. so it would seem. I, I mean, a lot was accomplished, <laughs> and yet not a lot was accomplished. So, Tim. <laughs> That be me, being me, <laughs> this was your first time watching the movie. Can you channel Jenna and tell us what you think? I liked it. <laughs> Bravo, Tim. Bravo. Very well done. Very well done. <laughs> uh, it is. Uh, it is quite the quite the epic. Uh, Tale of almost a hero's journey, except he's not. I, yeah, you know, it's it's like this. You know, you feel kind of good. I mean, he got he he accomplished what he wanted to accomplish, yeah. and then, but it's got drunk and didn't accomplish it. Um, but but and yet he did accomplish. He sort he of. got a boat over a mountain. He got a boat over a mountain, and he got opera. And so he got opera. It, he didn't get the rubber. His his girlfriend's money is gone. Yeah, I, pr- I presume so. I mean, maybe uh, she it, still has some money. But I she's don't, she's I don't know. well, she's still laughing. So I presume you know she's she still has the nice so, dresses. So he still has uh, Claudia Cardinale, and you know that's not yeah, the worst I, thing in the world. Really, if uh, if that's going to be your your ending, you don't <laughs> have the rubber, but you have Claudia Cardinale. <laughs> yeah, ah, I guess, right. I guess we're gonna have to we're gonna have to call it. Uh, you know, 60-40 win or something like that. 
So, uh, yeah. well done, Klaus Kinski. Uh, it is, uh, you know, just... Um, and so you, this is the first time you said you've seen it not pan and scan. Yeah. It's like a, there's like half a movie I didn't see before. <laughs> it, it, it is pretty remarkable, uh, the difference between the old video copy and the uh, cleaned up uh, Blu-ray. Even though it wasn't all that cleaned up. I mean, this is a... The, the Blu-ray I got is a Shout Factory DVD, which means, you know, it's not... Criterion. It's not a criterion. It's not yeah. super scrubbed, and you know it's still pretty grainy, and the the colors are kind of dull. But um, I think the original movie was pretty much filmed that way too. I mean, Herzog clearly isn't. I mean, he he's clearly in awe of the Amazon River Basin. Yeah, but he's not glorifying it. It's not. No, he's not it using super porn. rich color saturation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that, I, gosh, that sure seems like an intentional choice. Yeah. You know, because and, and, and the, when you think the, about the color saturation in Grizzly Man, which we just watched, yeah. which is actually, I mean, he really saturates the color in that film quite a bit, even though oh, not yeah. all of it is his film. But yeah. even so, he seems to be filming in a way that, that reflects the film of his subject. Yeah, that, and, that and a lot using. of his other films, like, um, I mean... A lot of these are later than this, but like White Diamond or uh, Lessons of Darkness or anything like that, where he's he's filming the, and and those are both uh, documentaries, but he's filming the environment and it's just gorgeously, perfectly filmed in lush colors. And this is very muted and and it looks like they were in, they were intentionally filming on like rainy days or during dusk, and everything's just kind of toned down mm. and murky or foggy mm -hmm. or um but not like overtly so it's just kind of and and there's a lot of mud there's there a lot so of mud. much mud you know when you got the one character near the end who just falls asleep passes out <laughs> in the mud in the mud <laughs> and and it's like your part of you is like dude you're passing out in the mud and they're like oh he's been in mud the whole goddamn movie yeah there's but so much mud. what difference does it make if he's going to be in mud for just a little while longer <laughs> um <clears throat> you know and, and there's this really interesting juxtaposition of the Kinski character who they, you know, is in this white suit. Yes. With this shock of blonde hair. Mm -hmm. You know, and he looks so different from everybody else. And whenever, you know, there's a there's a scene of a any kind of crowd scene, you just you can always tell where his character is in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. Um and it's it's this uh, really clear definition of everything that is happening is because of this guy and all these other characters are just kind of um, being pulled along almost like that ship is being pulled up the mountain. Yeah. They're all being pulled along by his crazy dream. And I think... And, and you can see the, the vestiges of where this has happened before. Like when they stop at the train sure. station that has been just overgrown by weeds. And it's like he's had these bizarro in, ambitions before and they never went quite the way they wanted to. And yet people will follow along behind because, him. Because, you know, he's gay. You know, you sit there and you go, his plan's a good one as long as nothing goes wrong. And boy, things go wrong. And he is... <laughs> I, I as The character is, I mean... You kind of don't want to like him, but you do, mm -hmm. because he is a dreamer. Because because he's not, you know, what's his ultimate goal? He wants an opera house in the backwaters of the Amazon, mm -hmm. 
And that's and and it's not you know certainly there's a selfish desire for that, but it's not just for him. Mm -hmm. He wants everybody to experience opera the way he does. He wants to bring his passion to this place, and and share it with them. And and that's admirable. And mm -hmm. and he's got these dreams, and and they're actually pretty good dreams. I mean, yeah, they're pretty when, he, when he's like, I've come up with this way to produce ice in the Amazon. There's a guy like, who needs ice in the Amazon? I'm like, are you fucking idiotic? <laughs> Everybody needs, needs ice, ice in the, the Amazon. Amazon. Have you seen the Mosquito Coast? It's, it's, Which it's, is basically the same damn plot as this movie, but... You know. It's hot as fuck. <laughs> it's like, it's, that was a good idea. So then he's like, well, we can yeah. get this rubber, but you can't get to the rubber. Oh, I've got an idea. I'll do this. And it's like, well, that's really smart. Just don't get drunk the night after you succeed. Mm -hmm. um, with a bunch of people whose motivations you aren't entirely aware of. <laughs> yes, and and their motivations are noble too. Their motivations—they just want to—they just want to end the curse. They want to end the curse. They want to set the boat free, and they, it just happens to be the opposite of what, what we wanted to yeah. happen. And if they'd all had a conversation and talked yes. about what their mutual needs were, you probably could have helped them <laughs> with their need, mm -hmm. and they could have helped him with his. But it—it still he's somewhat noble and he's somewhat and he's admirable because his ideas are good mm -hmm. and the tragedy of his character is he can't get anybody except Claudia Cardinale to believe in them yeah or these poor these poor ass losers like the the ship captain who can't really see that well anymore and, mm -hmm. and the mechanic and and the drunken cook you know who yeah. who believe him and follow him and work with him um, but you know what he needs is these money people to believe him and follow him and work with him. Right. They, they just they just won't. Um, and that's that's kind of a tragedy because you sit there and go, God, you guys could have so much more money if you just worked with this guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's not dumb. He just doesn't yeah. have he doesn't have the ability to convince the right people. Mm -hmm. I guess is the way you should put it. Probably because he's you know he's got that kind of wild eyed. Thing going on. Oh yeah, he could comb his hair. Maybe oh, that God. would help. Maybe, maybe, maybe that would help. Maybe and also not be uh, Klaus Kinski. Yeah, the, well, the, the famous asshole that he is. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but that's conflating the character and the and the that's actor. That's true, and that's not <laughs> but, fair. It's but like, I mean, it's 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 hard I, I, not to read into the you know this is Herzog's movie. This is something a subject he wanted to tackle. It's. Um, I'm pretty sure that it has really strong parallels of with Herzog himself as an artist, mm -hmm. you know, you know, struggling to get funding and and you know all these projects that kind of get waylaid and you know there are a few people who follow along behind him and you know these true believers, but uh, he's not making the headway that he wants, and then all of a sudden he just winds up back where he is was at the start. Yeah, and. Uh, and I mean, beyond that, you know, once the production itself starts, Herzog literally became Fitzcarraldo in that he actually made people drag an entire steamship over a fucking mountain. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fascinating to me how the the plot of this movie and the reality just wound up just mashing themselves together. So oddly completely so and, yes and and, um, and herzog's a madman and kinski's a madman and they're they're kind of two peas in the same pod even though you know by the end they would never admit it 
or they kind of did and then they didn't they would send death threats to each other but (laughs) okay okay so dear listeners um herzog and um uh klaus kinski um kinski was born in what is now poland and then his family moved to berlin he grew up in berlin and he actually wound up uh getting drafted into uh uh, the Gewehrmacht. He he fought in World War II on the side of the Germans. But, you know, before that, he and Herzog actually lived in the same boarding house for a while. Herzog was 13 and Kinski was uh, somewhat older. Herzog re- recalls that Kinski locked himself in a bathroom for two days and completely decimated the bathroom somehow. Oh, good. Wow. Uh, but... You know, after that, uh, after World War II happened and horrible, horrible things happened, um, they wound up working together, um, and they ultimately did five films together. And Herzog both loved and hated working with Kinski because Kinski was a great actor, and he would be game for just about anything, and he would give these just furious performances where just you know, he was electric on screen, but he was possibly schizophrenic. (laughs) Um, And really an awful person to work with. So, you know, they made Aguero Wrath of God, which is very similar to this movie, which involves putting uh, Kinski in a conquistador outfit and sending him out into the Amazon. And uh, there's also a Cobra Verde, which is the last one that they made together, which involves, you know, putting Kinski in period clothing and making him, uh, you know, do horrible things to natives. And, you know, you know, very similar stuff. Um, And also Nosferatu. (laughs) Herzog made his own Dracula movie with Kinski as Count Orlok. And it's it's very interesting. And I'm trying to remember what... Oh, uh, Wozzeck was the last one, and I remember almost nothing about it. I remember it being interesting, but I, almost, I can't describe it. But they by the end, Cobra Verde was the last one they made together, and by the end, they were sending each other death threats. They were ready to kill each other. And uh, not too long after that, Kinski died of a heart attack in 1992. And, and if you, nobody can prove that Herzog didn't do it. Yeah, really. Well, no, Kinski <laughs> had a lot of enemies. So, but you know, several years after that, Herzog made a documentary about Kinski, and which is a fascinating movie in and of itself. It's, um, but but the two of them working together on this movie and how wrong this production went is spectacular. <laughs> so spectacular. There's a documentary about it. Now, yeah, there's a documentary Herzog about it. the documentary? No. Did, oh, okay. No. Uh, Les Blank made the documentary. Les Blank is a... Uh, was. Uh, sadly, he passed away just a couple years ago. Les Blank uh, was an American documentary, documentarian of some note. He, mostly known for short films. But he, he had... Um, a very kind of down-to-earth sensibility about him. Uh, he he He's kind of known for these short documentaries about music, and uh, particularly the culture around music. So he, he might focus on a musician or a type of music, but largely he'd show the community and the... Uh, the social influences that make that music happen. Hmm. And so when he, he, he was hanging around on the set of Fitzcarraldo cause he knew Herzog 
and so he started to film the going on goings on of this really spectacular production and eventually after everything uh was all said and done he created the uh documentary called Burden of Dreams, which, by the way, dear listeners, is on Hulu right now, easy to get at, and um, is really an entertaining documentary. It's fantastic. It's probably one of the best things that Les Blank ever did. Um, it is... <laughs> it it shows just the most bizarre things that happened on the set of this movie. So, what happened was they... Herzog heard about this guy right? Fitzcarraldo. Fitzcarraldo. Fitzcarraldo was a real guy. The, uh, his name was Carlos uh, something Fitzcarrald. And the story was pretty similar to what we, we saw where he figured out that, you know, these two rivers had almost a confluence. There was just a thin strap, strap of land in between and he wanted to get to the other river. Right. And, and so he, he could kind of take over that, that area. Take over the rubber trade. Take over the rubber trade, which was a thing back then. Well, no, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> here's the thing that cracks me up so much. The real guy disassembled the boat. And then <laughs> drag it over and reassemble it on the other side. <laughs> he just disassembled it and put it on the other I bet side, that put it back together, and that worked fine. And then he, you know, drowned when he wrecked the boat. But you know, that's, the point uh, is, the point is, the point is, did the real guy want to build an opera house? No, the opera house that was so all the the, 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 ba- the he, he starts <laughs> the story with a, a dude took a boat over a mountain. Yeah. doesn't matter how he did it. doesn't right. matter what happened after. doesn't matter why he was doing it. He's just like, I'm going to start with dude taking a boat over a mountain. And yeah. then and then I'm just going to make shit up from there. Yeah, pretty much. Which is awesome. I mean, I love that, <laughs> that, that he's like, okay. And, and it's not, and, here's, and here's it's not just... Here's my inspiration. And, and he just goes, okay, he disassembled it and then put it together on the other side. So, no. I'm going to take the boat. I'm going to just haul the damn thing over the mountain. Is there anything just more mindlessly macho than that? <laughs> just absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. And, 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 and not only that, it's like, Herzog's like, fuck special effects. I'll just actually do it. And not with like modern machinery or anything. We'll get the natives of the area to actually build the the wooden widgets you see being assembled, and they actually drag the ship over the goddamn mountain. Winches, they're winches. They're winches. Yes. But they're, 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 well, widgets, winches, you know. <laughs> but but she's waving her arms around like crazy. I folks. mean, it's, it's it's insane. And I think there was a point where. Okay, first of all, when you see the ropes snap and everything just go haywire in yeah. the movie, yeah, that happened. That happened. That happened. They were just like, they just kept filming. Um, and then they decided they, to kill a couple of characters. They're like, <laughs> well, here's a good change to the script. Let's kill well, a couple yeah, of kids. Yeah, why not? Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll give it some gravity. Why not? But, you know, eventually they, they figured out it's like, okay, this really is insanity. So they got a bulldozer and just pulled out of the rest of the way. If I remember right. If I remember right. I hope that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, they... Uh, the, 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 film, the original filming schedule was, you know... 
uh, if I remember right, somewhat luxurious. You know, they had uh, you know a few, several months set aside for filming in the jungle, and uh, uh, it takes a long time to pull a boat over a mountain. It it does it, it does. does so. Uh, Werner and his team went out into the jungle, set up camp, made friends with the the local tribe, and you know got them on board. But um, the problem was like um, this this place was on the the border of Ecuador and Peru. Mm. They were on the Peru side, and mm, being 1979, Peru and Ecuador decided to start a border war. There were militia. Uh, the local tribe eventually said, got pissed off by Werner Herzog building shit on their land without uh, uh, permission. So eventually they just burned the whole set down. Oh, good. And, you know, loaded all the, the equipment and the crew into three canoes and shoved them down the river. <laughs> So, so uh, they found another. If I remember right, they found another location, made friends with those locals, and tried um, to treat them a little better. Maybe tried to treat them a little bit better. Got more underway. They um, uh, they wound up working with almost a thousand extras from various different tribes. They wound up building like an entire settlement of bunkers, and the the food was atrocious. There were no modern amenities. Thankfully, there was a doctor. Uh, <laughs> there there was no radio and the film kept getting delayed because they wound up going through the driest season in the Amazon anybody had ever seen. So like the Amazon was two feet deep. They hard to move a boat. Hard to move a boat. <laughs> and so they just had to wait for water. And um just awful, awful things happened. Like, uh, since it was so dry, one of the other tribes said, Hey, uh they've got stuff over there, so they attacked. Um, one of the crew members got an arrow in his throat and oh, ended up having like surgery on a kitchen table for eight hours with no anesthetic. You good know, thing they had a doctor. Yeah, good thing there was a doctor. Uh, yeah, it just nuts. And of course, Klaus Kinski. Okay, backtracking a little bit. When they originally put together this production... Herzog first thought, hmm, maybe I'll put Kinski in this movie. No, then I'd be in the jungle with him for that long, and I don't want to do that. So I will cast Jason Robards instead. Oh, Jason and, Robards is a fine actor. And he is. And uh, he'll have a sidekick um, played by Mick Jagger. That's weird. It's totally weird. <laughs> but it totally happened. Uh, if you watch Burden of Dreams, there is some footage of that stuff being shot. They no worked, way! They were, they were working uh, on... They got, like, five weeks into that filming. Jason Robards came down with amoebic dysentery and had to be sent home. No. Oh. And then Mick Jagger said, Eh, fuck this, I'm not waiting around here. I'm going to go, you know, make a bazillion... Be a Rolling mom. Stone. I'm going to go be a Rolling Stone and make a bazillion dollars and go back home. So I should be having sex with groupies right now. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And uh, so Herzog goes, all right, Kinski it is. <laughs> and Kinski comes in, and he was so atrocious to everybody around him. And this this shoot went on for years. They were in the, the jungle for a long time. And literally one of the chief, chieftains of one of the tribes went up to Herzog and offered to kill Kinski. It's <laughs> like, seriously, dude, I'll take him off your hands. This guy, no, you don't, he's bad. <laughs> so he had to <laughs> keep the natives from killing Kinski. He's like, as soon as I rap, yeah. then we can talk. Yeah. But not until we <sighs> got everything. Yeah. And, you know, other things from the set, like uh, one of the loggers working on or near the film got bitten by a snake, so he took a chainsaw and cut off his own foot. 
Okay. Just rather than be killed by the stake. And, and in, uh, if I remember right, it was in Burden of Dreams. Herzog was like, well, it, it worked. He's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's seriously, Burden of Dreams is a hoot because um, Herzog is so deadpan. You know, even when he's being funny, he's kind of deadpan and, and just super calm. Like, if you ever watch the uh, um, the interview where he gets shot, <laughs> and he goes, it's like, oh, it's not the very big bullet wound. And then he just carries on with the, the, the interview. <laughs> there is one point in Burden of Dreams where he snaps. He is in front of this backdrop of trees, and you can tell whoever is filming it is just going, oh my god, this is gold. Because he just goes off on this rant, where he's like, I hate nature. Nature is, uh, everybody thinks nature is a universal good, but I think all they, all they see is fornication and decay. <laughs> and he just goes, <laughs> he just hates on nature for like five minutes, and it is amazing. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, the, there are just amazing stories from from all of this and uh and the the glory of it is it's captured in a whole second movie (sighs) yeah it's very much like apocalypse now it's very much like apocalypse now which we will get to eventually and it is a movie that that half the story is is the production indeed indeed this seems like a 70s late 70s early 80s thing they were doing some crazy ass shit back then well well movie productions were getting bigger and bigger and bigger and the only reason they didn't keep getting bigger from there is because somebody came up with cgi so suddenly you didn't need to go and shoot in the amazon you could just shoot in front of a green screen and create the amazon well you could always well not you could always do that but you could do that since the 50s or 60s right but you can 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 do it and it's convincing yeah you could do compositing better you could digitally render stuff you could you know and it got better and better but I mean, you look at movies that were made circa 1982, the the sets they were building, and they were oh, just... Oh, yeah. But, I mean, of course, you know, David Lean drove a train off a bridge, blew yeah. up a bridge, yep. and, and drove a train off the destroyed yeah. bridge. So, you know, it's not like not like uh, Herzog wasn't built, standing on the shoulders of giants right. <laughs> uh, when he decided to drag a boat over a mountain. Yes, that's uh, very true. They're, they're, but they're, he, he did it by convincing the indigenous peoples of the area to do it with wood. <laughs> Instead of just taking that, that was a 340-ton steamship. Well, yeah, it didn't look light. It didn't look <laughs> it, like a movie prop. It looked like a, you know, the, a the boat. Real, the real boat was one-tenth of that size, by the way. <laughs> the boat that the, the real guy the real guy had took apart yes and carried over the mountain <laughs> probably like seven or eight guys yeah maybe like three trips yeah yeah uh yeah all right awesome well you know what uh is oh, there oh, any... and the, oh and the set got hit by a plane crash at some point oh too, good so. good <laughs> so we are running out of time is there anything uh, else you have to share with us oh i could share crap about uh klaus kinski uh, he's kind of an awful human being, but, um, I mean, the, 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 he, he wrote a biography a while ago that 
was it had all sorts of crazy stuff in it, like uh, you know how he was taken prisoner by the British uh, during World War II, and he was a POW for like four months, and you know he was hoping to get sent home. So he and he heard that the sick people were getting sent home first, so he. Uh, you know, spend his nights running around outside naked and eating cigarettes and drinking his own urine, and uh, that didn't work. So, party <laughs> <laughs> constitution. Eventually, he did get sent home. He was actually diagnosed schizophrenic in 1950. He attempted suicide several times. Um, unfortunately, the 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 really uh, sour note is that you know after he passed away. Um, one of his daughters, he had three kids with three different uh, women. He had a son, uh, Nick, Nicola, and he, he had two daughters, Pola and N- Nastasia. Nast- Nastasia Kinski is well, fairly Nastasia, well known. Nastasia, yeah. Because uh, she's an actress herself. And uh, I think Pola is now an actress too. But uh, Pola wrote uh, a tell-all biography after uh, her father died. And it, basically says that he sexually molested her, you know, from the time she was five, you know, horrible, horrible, horrible things. And Nastasia is like, well, he didn't do that to me, but oh, I can see how that could happen. So she completely, you know, corroborates Pola's story. And so it's just mm, not a good person at all. Not a good person for many reasons. For many reasons. So, uh, but he's dead now. So he's <laughs> showed him, huh? <laughs> but uh, Claudia Cardinale is more, you know. Let Let's end on Claudia Cardinale because she's not she's as nicer. much of a douche. And she, yes, she's she's apparently very nice, and uh, she's still around. She is Italian Tunisian, and uh, she she started working in Italian films in her late teen years. Um, she. This I found this to be a very interesting story when I read it. Um, when she was about seventeen or eighteen, uh, she was starting to get, you know, some traction in acting. But uh, she was seeing this guy who was ten years her senior, and she wound up pregnant, and he fled, and so she wound up uh, meeting uh, Franco Cristaldi, uh, who was a pr- producer, I think, at uh, Vitas, and he signed her to a seven-year contract with Vitas. And so, basically, Cristaldi signed her on to give her some security, but then sent her off to England to have the baby um, and put her under this ironclad contract that said she could not say anything about having a child. And so she went off, had the kid... Um, placed the kid with, I, I believe, her aunt or uh, her her mother. Her kid didn't even know he was her kid until many years later. Huh. And, um, she basically waited out the the seven year contract, and uh, you know her 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 career began to blossom. And actually, she eventually married uh, Franco Cristaldi, but at some point after the 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 contract lapsed. A journalist figured out the kid was actually hers, and then she came forward. So um, that's kind of the 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 sad yet, you know. Every, now everything's resolved. Story about uh, her child. Um, she divorced the producer in I think it was 1975 ish, and uh, 
ever since then, she's been living with Pasquale, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, Squierti, Squitieri, the... Some other guy. Yeah, some other... He's also an Italian director. She has been his partner since 1975. Apparently, they've never married, but they have a kid together. They're kind of... They get along. They get along. Um, She's fluent in six languages. She's apparently just utterly charming. Um, She, uh, during the 60s and 70s, was kind of of that uh, Raquel Welch, Gina Lola Brigida, hot bombshell sort of actress mold, and she always was put in these super, super sexy roles. But unlike many other actresses of her generation, she never did a nude scene. She never, you know, went topless or anything. She She had this amazing sex pot sort of aura around her, but was completely straight laced huh. <laughs> on screen. And uh, apparently she has appeared on over 900 magazine covers in 25 countries. Wow. Yeah. So good for her, good, good for Claudia Cardinale. Yeah. For yeah. not uh, being Klaus Kinski. Yeah. Yeah, really. Although they both have alliterative names. Yes. So good for them. Woo. All right. So uh, I think we're at final thoughts. Are there any final thoughts, Melissa, after we've gone through all your, your various uh, notes? Uh, Enrico Caruso and I were born on the same day. Wow. Many you, years apart. I was going to say, you look pretty good for your age. Yeah, I know, but, right? Uh, I'm like 104. Uh, <laughs> yes. So, uh, okay. That is that is a good final thought to end on. My final thought, of course, is all, as always, is to talk about what movie we will be watching next with, theoretically, the real Jenna. I hope so. We are going to watch Tarzan the Ape Man. Woohoo! Tarzan the Ape Man, which I, knowing Jenna... Uh, imagine she'll find out when she shows up for us to record that episode. <laughs> so that should be exciting. So thank you so much for listening. And uh, I hope if you watch Fitz Coraldo, you enjoyed it. And if you did not watch Fitz Coraldo, I hope we didn't spoil it for you. But uh, if you do not watch Fitz Coraldo, watch Burden of Dreams. There you go. That, it or, is having watched, really great. Having watched Fitz Coraldo, perhaps you should now go watch Burden of Dreams, yeah. which is on Hulu right now. Yeah, very so, easy. So, thanks for listening for real, to A Real Education. We will catch you next time. Bye. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. Dee, dee.